National Early Signing Day left the Cincinnati Bearcats with a ton of options, a quarterback heading into the most important offseason in program history. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available everywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Follow it too to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl tonight between Baylor and and Air Force on ESPN, and the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl between Louisiana and Houston tomorrow on ESPN. As I mentioned, this episode of Lockdown Bearcast is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchups that I just mentioned right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Alex Frank with you, your host, each and every day here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy to be with you today. Uh, yesterday was National Early Signing Day. The Bearcats, um, smaller class than, you know, maybe what we were hoping for. But the big takeaway for me is the the quarterback position. And this is going to drive the whole offseason. Here we go once again. We're going to spend the next eight to nine months breaking down the quarterback position. Because it is in transition. We don't know. Sorry, my mom would tell me to fix my collar, so I'm going to do that. Um, She would tell, or she would tell me to fix my collar. (laughs) Um, The quarterback position is going to be a position that right now, I don't know who's going to start. Right? I don't know if Evan Prater's ready to start. Ben Bryan announces he's coming back for his sixth season. I am surprised about that because I thought he would transfer because Luke Fickle left. Now, then again, him staying shows that he wants to play for the program, which there's a saying, don't play for the head coach, play for the program. But then there's Brady Drogosh, there's Emory Jones, the transfer from Arizona State, there is definitely going to be major storylines packed into this offseason because you have a veteran, two veterans, really. And then you've got, you know, the most highly coveted player recruited in Bearcats football history. And then you have a four-star quarterback who could come in and potentially take the job. You have a veteran who has started for you before, but you know what you're getting from him. Now, maybe in a Scott Satterfield offense, he's different. But a Scott Satterfield offense, I think, requires being a dual-threat quarterback like a Malik Cunningham. And Ben Bryan is certainly not that. Emory Jones is that. Brady Drogosh and Evan Prater. Ben Bryan does not have dual-threat abilities. In today's college football, you have to be a dual-threat quarterback. 
I love that the Bearcats have four quarterbacks. Scott Satterfield said that yesterday. But he also sounded, and I listened back to his press conference earlier today. It sounds like Evan Prater could be on the move. And think about what that would do, right? We stand, we sit here today. Today's date is December 22nd. Spring ball starts in early March. Would it shock you if Evan Prater entered the transfer portal? Would it shock you if Evan Prater entered the transfer portal? Because I look at it right now, and I see that he hasn't had two great games. And the fact that there is a sixth-year veteran on the roster, the fact that there is a four-star quarterback coming in, and the fact that there is a transfer quarterback who's a dual threat, who has experience. Where does Evan Prater fit in in all of this? Where does he fit in? Because what confidence right now does Evan Prater give you that the Bearcats could start in the big, that he could start in the big 12? I would say right now it's between Emory Jones and Ben Bryant. And Brady Drogosh will push hard for that final position or for that starting job. But it really does create this fascinating storyline this season. Brady Drogosh, you think Emory Jones is dual threat? Well, look at Drogosh's numbers. Brady Drogosh um, last year, or 2021 rather. I don't know why it's not showing me 2022. But he's definitely a dual threat quarterback. I don't know why it's not showing me 2022. That's weird to me. But anyway, in 2021, for example, Brady Drogosh had 24 rushing touchdowns and nearly 2,000 rushing yards. Evan Prater, yes, is dual threat. We haven't seen that yet. Like, the Fenway Bowl was eye-opening. And so now that you have veterans and a really talented recruit coming in, Where does that leave the highest-rated recruit in the 24-7 sports era in Bearcats football history? Where does that that leave him? It's a very, very interesting question. And it's going to be a fascinating watch this offseason. But this is what I was fearing would happen. He wouldn't play much last year, Evan Prater, and when he did, he would struggle and didn't get the time to develop behind, it didn't get the time to develop by playing. And now, his future does look bleak. It's sad. It really is. Because I wanted him to do well. And I think all of you wanted him to do well. But, as I'm going to explain coming up, the Bearcats have to get the quarterback right, but they also got to get some playmakers around him. I'll explain all of that after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is, or, excuse me, this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by... Bet online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from 
pro football. Let me rephrase. I get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football, pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Excuse me. You can go to BetOnline right now and look at the odds for tonight's bowl games. We got some bowl games tonight. College football bowl season heating up across the landscape. Heck, you can even go bet on the Jaguars-Jets game tonight. The Jets minus two. The Jets are a minus two favorite over under at 37. You can go to bet online and look at the bowl games tonight. You've got the Armed Forces Bowl between Baylor and Air Force. Baylor a three-point favorite. Tomorrow, you've got Houston and UL Lafayette in the Independence Bowl. You've got Wake Forest and Missouri in the Gasparilla Bowl. You can head to betonline.net and look at all the odds and trends and make your wagers. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Lockdown Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Lockdown's take of the day. Lockdown Sports today is available on the on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Make that your second listen today after you make Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. So the Bearcats, um, I have an off-season checklist because we are now officially in the most important offseason in Bearcats football history. Because you're coming off the greatest era, even though it didn't end the way many of us wanted it to. All of us wanted it to. Now you go into the offseason with a new head coach, new system, new players, and figure out a way so you can have success in year one in the Big 12. Because that is the expectation. The expectation is, well... Just be competitive, and if you finish four and eight, that's okay. I, I'm not buying into that. Four and eight to me would be a massive disappointment. Seven and five, I can take. Eight and four would be really promising. Anything beyond that, hey, we're doing something right here. So, the offseason checklist for me: number one, get the quarterback right, and don't be so committed to just one quarterback. I feel like this past season, and we said it every, I said it every single week. Ben Bryant won the job fair and square, but Ben Bryant did not deserve to be the starter late in the season. They never should have started him against Temple because he ended up being hurt, and it all fell on the shoulders of Evan Prater for the biggest game of the regular season and then the bowl game. If they had start, if they had played Evan Prater more, this offense could have been so much better than it was. They struggled to score points. 20 against Navy. 21 against UCF, 23 against Temple, 24 against Tulane. They never got above 30 points after week five of the season. That, my friends, is not what we're used to seeing. And it all goes back to being a dual-threat quarterback. Ben Bryant is not that. Ben Bryant is a quarterback who would have worked 20 years ago. Emory Jones, Brady Drogosh, and Evan Prater are those guys. To me, if Ben Bryant had decided to transfer, this quarterback battle, I I think there'd be a lot less angst around it because I I wonder from you, I wonder from you 
if you are fearing that Ben Bryant could be the starter because he does have the most experience. And when he's at his best, he is a very accurate quarterback. When at his best, he makes good decisions. I saw that in the first four weeks of the season. In fact, I was ready to ride it out with him until conference play began. And you saw, I think he was injured. I think he wasn't, I just think he wasn't the same quarterback after week five. Really after the second half of the Indiana game. When we talk about turning points of last year's season, that's one of them. The Bearcats have to get the quarterback right, but you can't be so committed to one. If you end up starting a veteran like Emory Jones, that's fine. If you end up starting Ben Bryant, make sure you have a package of plays for Jones, Prater, or Dogosh. That is what I need to see. Because I am telling you, you can't be so committed to one. If Scott Satterfield comes in, and I don't think Ben Bryant's going to win the starting quarterback job. Just because I don't think he possesses the abilities that you need to run in a Satterfield offense. If he wants to be a backup and be a mentor to Drogosh or Prater or Jones, that's fine. That's actually ideal. I think Ben Bryant has a chance to win the starting job just because he's a veteran with experience and he knows the Bearcats system. But then number two, get some wide receivers. My goodness. Have you seen the Bearcats wide receiver? Have you seen the roster lately of wide receivers? Personnel? Man, I'm telling you, it is thin. It is wafer thin. About as thin as you're supposed to roll out roll out pasta. I mean, it is like you look at the wide receiver, the wide receiver room right now. Well, you can they they, they don't have the roster updated just yet on GoBearcats.com. But think about the players who have declared for the draft. Trey Tucker is going to the Senior Bowl. He's declared. Wyatt, um, Wyatt Fisher played in the bowl game and a touchdown. Jaden Thompson in the transfer portal. Tyler Scott declared for the NFL draft. Nick Mardner in the transfer portal. I mean, this is, this is as thin as it can get. So you need some receivers. And there are some in the transfer portal who would be ideal targets. Will Pauling played in the bowl game for Cincinnati. He only had a reception for 10 yards. So you see how thin this receiving core is. And that's due to players entering the transfer portal, players declaring for the draft, players, um, you know, it, it, it is really, really a makeover. You don't know any receivers right now. For the first time since maybe 20... 1760. Truly the end of an era with Luke Fickle. That is a testament. The receivers who are leaving, and you don't know who's going to be on this roster next year. Number three, get the offensive line right. What was supposed to be a position of strength going into this season turned out to be almost more of a liability. They got better in the last two games of the season. But there were games where they were just not very good. 
They weren't great against Arkansas. They weren't great against UCF. And they were certainly not great in the Fenway Bowl when they allowed seven sacks. Now your best player, Jake Renfro, is entered the transfer portal. Jeremy Cooper has declared for the NFL draft. James Tunstall has also declared for the NFL draft. So who are you going to start at offensive line? I mean, this is a position that for years has been a strength. Now you got to rebuild it. And that is, and now Luke Kandra committing helps. Three years of eligibility remaining is a huge plus. But who else are you going to get? Who else can you have come in and rebuild this offensive line? Because to me, it needs some rebuilding. And it needs to be a position of strength. I look at the roster right now at offensive linemen. I see, I mean, guys beyond the starters. O'Quinn, Metz, and Gerhardt are still here. Joe Huber is still here. But looking up and down this roster, Jeremy Cooper declaring for the draft, as I mentioned, I'm looking and I'm seeing just players that I don't even know much about. And by virtue of that, you probably don't either. So they need some rebuilding there. And the number four, hire somebody with a forward-thinking approach on offense. This is key here. Because the Bearcats' style of play the last 20 years can win in the Big 12. Ground and pound. Teams can win that way in the Big 12. Look at Kansas State. But at the same time, last year's offense is not going to cut in the Big 12. They have to be more modern. And that's why I hope Ben Bryant, no offense to him. I I shouldn't have even said that. I hope that one of the dual-threat quarterbacks the Bearcats have right now is the starter. Because I think that will, op- that will open up your offense so much. And I personally think, and I'm going to say this now, and I'm going to stay true to this, before or leading up to the start of the season. I'm going to say this now. Dual threat quarterbacks, or, or Scott Satterfield's system is catered towards a dual threat quarterback. I don't think Ben Bryant would work in that. And I'm going to... St- Stay true to that this whole offseason. Coming up, non-conference play is finished for the Bearcats in men's basketball. I'll tell you why I really want to like this team. I will explain all of that after I tell you how this is brought to you by Cold Banker Heritage, Cold's Well Banker Heritage, and First Community Mortgage. Are you looking to make a move? Well, take the guesswork out of the home buying process and hire a professional real estate team with a track record of success. Are you looking to make a move? Well, Debbie Weckstein Frank is a realtor with Cold Dwell Banker Heritage, and Steve Maloney is a lender with First Community Mortgage. Community Mortgage, they will be there to help you every step of the way. Debbie and Steve are both longtime Miami Valley residents who have helped hundreds of people just like you find the home of their dreams. Call Debbie right now at 937 672 3942. That's 937-672-3942 or visit teamweck.com. That's the Bearcats finishing 9-4. and four. This is a team I really want to like. And I do. I just need to see the consistent last three games carry over into conference play. The Bearcats right now are 9-4. and four. Could that be better? Yes. But they're 8, what are they? 
eight it says eight and one at home, but really they were the road team at um they were the home team against Ohio State. I don't even count those. So they've won three in a row. They've scored 103, 78, and 62. What's interesting is their scoring has gone down over the last three games, but yet they've won all three of those games. In fact, they gave up 76 to Miami, 60 to LaSalle, 54 to Detroit Mercy. That's really interesting. As the Bearcats have scored fewer points, so two of their opponents. Last night, Victor Locken with 18 points and 15 rebounds. Nine rebounds for Landers Nolly Jr. with his 11 points. Four starters and double figures. The only one who was not was Jeremiah Davenport. Um, Micah Adams-Woods with 11. David DeJulius with 10. The Bearcats with 16 assists to four turnovers. Um, and I thought, I thought defensively against Antoine Davis, they did an outstanding job. I don't think you understand how good Antoine Davis is. He came into last night as the current leading scorer in college basketball, just under 25 points a game. He's the 10th all-time leading scorer, or entering last night, he was the 10th all-time leading scorer in the history of college basketball. He has 124 straight games now, including last night with 10 or more points. The Bearcats held him to 17, but it took him 20 shots to get there. That, to me, is key. He was not their leading scorer last night. That was Gerald Liddell. So the Bearcats are doing an unbelievable job of late defensively. And I think it all started in the second half against Xavier. They didn't win that game. But remember how I said I wanted to believe what Wes Miller said after that game? I really am starting to believe it now. Because I do think they are making some key adjustments. They're starting to play some better basketball. They're scoring. They're getting tremendous production from Victor Locken. Victor Locken so much reminds me of Trey Scott. So consistent. The ball is seemingly starting to find him. I mean, you don't get 18 points and 15 rebounds without the ball finding you. Seven of those coming on the offensive glass. Eight of ten from the floor. Right now, Victor Locken on the season. Here's a guy who came in from Russia in 2020 and 2021, had an injury, didn't play. Last year, appeared in all 29 uh, 29 games. He didn't start any of those games. 4.2 points, three and a half rebounds per game. This year... He's averaging 12.9 points per game. He has only scored fewer than he scored fewer than 10 points in just three games. He's shooting the ball at a 72% clip. He's averaging 7.6 rebounds per game with four games of 10 or more. Here's a guy who is so reminding me of the senior season Trey Scott had. When it felt like Trey Scott was getting every rebound and getting every bucket he could get. This guy is a true force in the front court. And it's great to see his development this season. David DeJoyce is the clear leader on this team. We know that. You just need him to show up in big games. Again, the Bearcats in big games, I need to see them come out with a game plan and identity. You can't keep falling behind 13 to 1. You can continue. You, 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 what you can do is you can stay competitive early and then make your move in the second half. The last three games, the Bearcats needed to win, they did. They've won almost every game that they have needed to win on their schedule. The only game that they didn't was NKU, and that was a dreadful performance. But now all of a sudden, you look at this team, they're 9-4. and four. They're going into conference play starting next Thursday against Tulane. You go to Temple and Wichita State. If you can somehow win those three games and get to Houston 12-4 and four and 3-0 and in conference play, I think you've got a good chance. 
And I look at, you know, you've got East Carolina on the schedule. You've got SMU, USF, Memphis on the 22nd. There is a real opportunity for the Cincinnati Bearcats to bank some wins in conference play. And I think maybe put themselves in position to be in position, as John Rothstein would say, come March. Odio Guama even has been really solid off the bench. Like you, you take a look at what he's been doing. Odio Guama. Here's a guy who you, you didn't really know what you were going to get from him coming into the season. Senior from Raleigh. But so far this season, particularly over the last four games, he's come off the bench. But nine points against Xavier, six against Miami. Excuse me, four points against LaSalle, eight against Detroit Mercy. Played 25 minutes off the bench against Xavier, 21 against Miami, 19 against LaSalle, 16 against Detroit Mercy. Here's a guy who was only playing around 10 to 13 minutes per game earlier in the season. Now you're seeing him play 20 or around, you know, anywhere between 16 and 25. So that, and he's an important part of this team because if Victor Locken gets in foul trouble, which as we have seen, and you look at some of the numbers that we have seen this season, he's, if Victor Locken gets in foul trouble, and Victor Locken this season, in addition to his great stats, you look at some of his numbers. Uh, he fouled out against Xavier, picked up three fouls against Bryant and NJIT, fouled out against Louisville, had four against Arizona, and four against Eastern Kentucky. So he is prone to getting in foul trouble. That's where Odio Guama comes in and picks up the slack. This team plays really hard. And I think defensively, they are doing a much better job. They did a great job against uh, Antoine Davis last night. If this team can win the games they're supposed to win in conference play, they could put themselves in position come March. All right, coming up tomorrow, Russ Heldman joins me. That's the podcast for him. Live room later today at 1230. Russ and I will talk about signing day. We will break down the um, game from last night. Bearcats men's basketball against Detroit Mercy. Look ahead to conference play. So much to get to in the live room. Join us today at 1230. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's. And at ATI, you can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore. Email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. Now, make Lockdown Sports today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Lockdown Sports Today podcast is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Congratulations to all former Bearcats being named to the NFL Pro Bowl this week, including New York Jets rookie corner Sauce Gardner, the first Jets, Jets rookie. Since nineteen, since the eighties, to be named to the Pro Bowl, he is having an unbelievable season with the New York Jets. As Dan Hort said last night on the radio broadcast, leading the NFL in passes defended with sixteen, having a really, really special season. Catch him and the Jets tonight on Thursday Night Football against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Amazon Prime Video. That's going to be a great matchup. A lot of implications if the Jets lose tonight. And obviously, you don't want to see Sauce Gardner and his team lose a game. If the Jets lose tonight, though, the Bengals clinch a playoff berth. So that would be good for the Bengals. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. You can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty. On Instagram, Alex Frank underscore. Email me at alex3frank at gmail.com. Back tomorrow or back later today and tomorrow with Russ. 
right here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.